0: series. All right. Thank you for allowing us to have a vacation. It was a well needed and appreciated a few days off. And so we just had a great time with our family. And uh, we're super excited to just get back into gear with this new year. How many of you guys love New Year's? I it's, It is this season between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's is my absolute favorite because there's, I mean, there's a lot of family focus. I mean, it's the best time of the year that people are, are not as selfish. I mean, people are thinking outside of themselves. They're, you know, they're busting their butt for their family. I mean, and, and on top of all that, I mean, the, the whole, the whole season to me is just absolutely one of my favorites. And then to top it off, you have a fresh start. So, I mean, if you've, splurged and ate too much from from thanksgiving all the way through the new years most people have resolutions, so it's like a fresh start so I just love this whole season and and it's coming to a close so but I I just uh, I don't know about you but I usually have new year's goals and things and so we're gonna be talking about that in just in just a moment so our sermon series that we're going to be going into is called renovate look at your neighbor and say renovate and so if you have a smartphone or a tablet Go ahead and, and, you can just go ahead and stick that in the air. How many people, uh, have your, you, use your old Bibles, the leather bound, raise that leather bound Bible in the air. Look at that, we got like four, five, six, seven, eight. If you use your smartphone, put that up in the air. Look at that, bam, look at that, that's like the whole room. Okay, so hopefully by now, you've been around long enough to know that we, we utilize U version, so if you're, if you've just come here for the first time or you've been coming, uh, maybe a few weeks and you haven't quite, uh, got hip to that app, uh, go to your app store or go to the Play Store, download U version. Um, we also have made our Wi-Fi available to you as well. If you go to our Wi-Fi, it's the guest, uh, vision guest and you type in be our guest, there's, uh, that's free Wi-Fi that's available for you. And then if you, when you go to, uh, Maybe you, you, haven't done it before. Maybe you have. I'll just walk through it. Just, just one more second here. So if you go to that app, go to that Bible app, looks like a little Bible. And then when it pops up, when you click on the little tab, depending on what kind of thing you have, you click on events at the top. And then I, you hit the little search bar, type in Vision Ministries Toledo. Shazam. We're usually right there on the top. Once it comes, it just takes a while. Bam! Vision Ministries live. So there you go. So you can follow right along. Everything you see on the screens will be right there. You can save that. You can add your own notes. You can look back at that later. You can take that as a link. You can send it. Like, man, that was a good message. You can send it to to somebody on Facebook or one of your friends. Just a great way of us staying connected in a digital world. So there, there, there's the little two cents for all that. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to go right into this word. Father, I just want to say thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have to join together in Your name. And Lord, we say thank you for Your presence, God. Come on somebody. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're there for us, God. Thank you that you're meet that you've uh, God meeting with us and wanting to continue to meet with us today. God, we just hand our life over to you. We hand the keys of our life to you today. That you would do what you want to do. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. So, as we're going into New Year's, how many people actually go into New Year's with a resolution or with a plan raise your hand if you have if you have some new year's resolutions so we've got four or five people in here that have new year's resolutions i know my wife she she said very elegantly that the lord spoke to her personally about her not really having a resolution but seeking after the lord but can i can i challenge everybody in this place since we only have like four or five people that that say can i challenge you to challenge yourself to make your, to to become a better person Can I challenge you in that? That's what a New Year's resolution is. A New Year's resolution is saying, this year, I want, I want to go from, from here, and I want to go to there. That's what a, that's what a resolution is. So, some people will have, you know, fitness resolutions. Some people will have a resolution and say, hey, I need, I want to stop smoking. Some people have a resolution, my spiritual walk. I want to read my Bible through in a year. Come on, that's a New Year's resolution, that I want my spiritual walk to go from here, there. So I challenge you. We've only had four hands. Hopefully by next week, it's not too late, even though it's, it's already been a week, to to have something in your spirit and in your heart that says, "I want growth in some area of my life, and this is what it's going to look like, and this is what I'm going to do." Can you can you guys can you guys receive that? Yes, good good, because that's what this whole message is about. What is, the cool thing about having having a resolution or having a vision or having something like that. Is that it gives us something to strive for. And when you're doing that, I just want to go ahead and say that, because you could say, yeah, I'm about it, and then you just kind of like let things go. In order for you to have a goal that you're heading towards, you always have to share it with people. Oh, it's my personal goal, it's my own personal relation. Well, you're not gonna grow if you don't put yourself out there for accountability. My wife, if she has a goal, like say, like she says, hey, I want to, uh, take the next, you know, six weeks and stay away from sweets. Well, she's telling me this. Why is she doing that? Cause it, it's another level of accountability. Does that make sense? Or, or vice versa. Hey, hon, I want to fast for a few days or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Just, it just adds that extra. So, you know, shoot, put, you know, tell somebody that can keep you accountable. Let somebody help you walk through that. Um, and, you know, and if you have, you know, if you have fitness goals, I mean, we've got, uh, he's not here right now. Jay Martinez. I mean, uh, he's the founder of FaithFit. I mean, get with him. I mean, let him help you if you got any kind of fitness goals, those type of things. His dad. So, he's a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, everyone in here is familiar what a re- re- renovation entails, correct? When you hear the word renovation, I mean, you kind of see the, the picture. We've got, like, you know, tools. You kind of know what that entails, right? Perhaps uh, there's been a, resi- uh, a renovation that's happened in your home, or perhaps you've never been a part of a renovation, but perhaps you've just watched it on HDTV. But a, f- uh, a number of years ago at, at, uh, at uh, our house, we had a really bad leak in our bathroom. I mean, our tub was leaking, our toilet was leaking. It was upstairs. I mean, it was a hot mess. And so when we pulled, I mean, it just there was so much water damage. And when we pulled everything out, I mean, I mean that's what we had to do. We had to we had to pull the floor out. I mean, we had a, I mean, we had to pull some of the floor uh, out. I mean, it was it would in it ended, a, a repair ended up becoming a renovation. Why? Because there was a problem. There was a leak. There was something that was unresolved that we didn't see and and it became a major problem. So usually unless unless you just want an, unless you just want to a better look, for the most part when a renovation happens, it's because the old has to go and something new has to come. Does that make sense? The old has to go. And a lot of times the old has to go because there is a problem. You know, maybe something is, is is rotten on the inside. Perhaps something is broken. So usually when a renovation happens, it's because something needs to be fixed. And how many of us know that God is a, a renovator? He's a renovator. He's going to renovate... Each and every one of our lives. And so I'm just, I'm reminded of this, you know, and we were so blessed at the season. I mean, we really didn't have any money and just, we just had people gather around us. I mean, we got a new tub surround and and at the time we had a, a plumber who was living with us who like re-ran our plumber. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was a season of God's provision. And so, you know, our, our, our bathroom is nicer than most of our house, but but it's, you know, it, it just reminds me of of what we just did a few weeks ago at the church. so here's a picture, I don't know if you, if you would just get a picture of what it looked like in the middle of it all, you see that, you see, you see that the end result, but while we were in the middle of it, I mean, this place looked like a disaster. And so, I mean, there was, I mean, if you walk through here, I mean, there were paint fumes, I mean, you could barely breathe, I mean, I was coughing up, because we sprayed everything, I mean, I was coughing up paint for like two days, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a, a a heap of a mess. Why? Because we, we said that the old has to go. It has to go, and in order for the old, have, in order for that to go, we needed to renovate. And so, friends, when God is working in our lives, it looks like a renovation. He tears things down. He tears down mindsets. He tears down the way we view things. He tears, he tears down perhaps the way we view situations in life. He tears down that pride and that self exaltation. He tears down all the idolatry that's in our lives. When we say yes to God, He starts ripping the old junk out. And tearing out the old self so that he can put in the new stuff. That he can put in the new self. That he can put in the new work. But you can't put the new work in if the old work is still in there. Are you getting this? In order for you to replace the old stuff, it has to go. But see, the problem is most people, they have sentimental value. But see, God, when He does a renovation of our hearts, we got to let it go. Some of those relationships that are unfruitful and ungodly. But I've known them since I was five years old. Yes. And every time you hang out with them, you wonder why you're in trouble with the law. <laughs> what? You wake up not knowing where you're at. It's not like that every night, but every time you're around that person, it happens. Come on. you gotta you got to get rid of the old. What, what do they say? What's that old saying? If you hang out with Dogs are going to get fleas. Bark, bark, bark. Has anyone here ever had fleas in their house? That is one of the worst things to ever deal with. I'm telling you. We had a cat and we had a flea infestation at one time. and, And this cat had so many fleas it almost killed the cat. It was absolutely... It was, it was, it was insane. I mean, I think I pulled, I ended up pulling like 60 fleas off of this cat. And on top of that, what the worst thing was, was, was all of, I mean, we were bit up all across our lake. I mean, it was horrible. We had a bomber house twice to get rid of fleas. Friends, I don't like dogs because they attract fleas. (laughs) Come on. Get your flea collar, stay outside. So when he starts ripping out the old junk, he starts tearing out that old stuff because he wants to renovate, because he wants to sometimes he even has to get down to to the very uh nitty gritty of the very beginning of the foundation of, of, of who we are. Because friends, he is the renovator. He is the original founder of Extreme Home Makeover, and friends, he has to remove the sinful, ugly junk in order to put his good stuff in. In order for him to put in the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the goodness and the gentleness, he's got to remove the selfishness and the greediness and the lust and the perversion and the pride. Come on, he's got to get rid of for him to put new stuff in. This is a big, huge building that we have here. I mean, it's like 36,000 square I mean, it's just insane, this building. And it has lots of closets. And guess what? We have every single closet filled to the brim. So... Uh, a few months ago, we made room for uh, Dr. Ann Roosh to, ha- to start uh, uh, some, some health, uh, health clinic downstairs. She's, her, her goal is to uh, uh, utilize that building next door and turning it into a health clinic for our neighborhood. But we had to rearrange some junk. We had to go into closets, get junk out to put new junk in it. <laughs> you know, I, and so we had to make room for her, and so we had to rearrange our are closets friends god is the same way the things that he wants to deposit in you let me tell you they're good things but in order for him to do that then then he then we got to allow him to open up some of the closets and get some of the junk out (laughs) how many of us know that that when you clean a closet it you you might have thought at first well i'm going to just do this for an hour or so and it it becomes a six-hour job Anybody here ever have that? Why? Because you end up finding like old stuff, like you find old pictures. Somehow you're like, oh, look at these. I mean, you just find all kinds of stuff, stuff you realize you got to hold on to until you're trying to find a place to put it somewhere. Other stuff you realize, man, this stuff has to go, but you're looking at it like, man, how the heck did I hold on to this for so long? And you get sidetracked, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I need to put some, I need to put, because of what I want to do, I need to put some shelves right here, and it becomes a project. It was a closet clean out. And now it takes you a whole day. But friends, that's how it is with God in us. Sometimes we think, oh, I just need, I just need to get a little bit of Jesus. He and, and not realizing that we need a full remodel. God's like, yeah, you, you might think that it's only a closet cleanup, but let me tell you, I, we got to renovate. Yeah. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 through 24 says this. It says, and you were taught with regard to your old formal way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Look at your neighbor, say, deceitful desires. That old self is corrupted by deceitful sin. Sin is so deceitful. I mean, it, I mean, it deceives. We will give into it and not realize how far it'll take us. I've seen some of the most awesome and incredible men and women of God deceived by sin. It says, put off that old self. To be made new in the attitude of your mind and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This verse is a renovation. Come on. God's saying we're going to put off the old self, that old nature, that old sinful ha- uh, habits, that old sinful desire, and put on the new self. Come on, which is what? The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Many people wonder why they can't walk in victories because you're still walking in the old self. How come I can't get, how come I can't get over this because you're still the old self? You haven't put off the old self? You haven't allowed Him to clothe you with Him? Put on the new self? Because friends, I can't do stuff without the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I don't know how these people out here do it without, without the Holy Spirit. They must be mighty strong. Because I can't. I can do nothing apart from Him. Is the word even says that apart from me you can do nothing? I'm like, yeah, I get, yep. Got that right. The old sinful, the old sinful self has to go for us to be used for the glory of God. So friends, why does God have to renovate us? God has to renovate us because, friends, many of us are still trying to live like king of our own life. Many of us are still trying to live like the king of our own castle. I'm the master of my own destiny. I'm the king of this castle. Friends, he can't reign in your life while you're reigning in your life. We learned that from Dan Palmer a year ago when he came and he taught the whole the the the, the kingdom culture uh, teaching that and uh, and used the whole illustration of the of the throne and used the chair and and how God's on the throne but we kind of bump him off try to try to sit on there with him. There's only one king in the kingdom and it's him. If he's the king of our lives and friends and uh, then we need we need to hand over the scepter. Many of us, maybe we don't want his throne, but we just want our throne next to him. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of the disciples in the, in the, uh, New Testament. And they didn't want the throne. They didn't want, they didn't want to be king of, 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 of heaven. They just wanted thrones next to him. What did he say? He said, some of them even brought their mom in on it. It was like, <laughs> hey, hey, Jesus, why don't you let my son sit on your let, left and let your, my other son sit on your right? Come on, you know it's bad when you bring your mom into it. <laughs> No, you know it's bad. Come on, think about it. How many times have you brought your mom into it it was just bad? You know it's bad. Bring your mama, you bring your mama into it. You get into a fight, you bring your mama into it. It's over. It's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, if there's an emperor of a nation and someone else tries to set themselves up as a king in their land, what's that called? It's called treason. So if, if if he's the king of everything and we're trying to set up our own little throne in a spiritual sense, in a kingdom of God sense, what are we doing? Treason. Because he's the one that's called to reign, not us. He's the one that's called to be on the throne. There's only one throne and he ain't sharing it. If anyone tried, or has anyone here ever just like, you're just tired of feeling stuck? It's like, man, I'm just tired of feeling stuck. How many are ready to let God fully live in them? Raise your hand. You're just like, I'm just ready for God to live fully in me. That's a good place to be at. Because that's the beginning of the renovation process. You have to look at it and you have to say, this needs change. And so the beginning is saying, I'm ready for God to live fully in me. And in order for that to happen, then there's some things that, got, that have to happen to me. No more wish-washy, no more playing games, no more excuses, no more living in the past. It's time that I go full force, full heartedly pressing on towards the will of God, the presence of God, and the purpose of God. And friends, and and why do we do this? Because we see we need change. We see that our neighborhood needs change. I'm just reminded, uh, I was blasted by this statement by Dan Rogers uh, right before uh, we had our Christmas Eve service when we had him in. And this is what he said. He said, I can't sit back and do nothing as Satan rapes our city each and every day. I can't sit back. This is the director of the Cherry Street Mission. I can't sit back and watch Satan rape my city every day and do nothing. I can't. Friends, God wants to renovate our lives. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 17 through 20, it says this. It says, Therefore, says, Therefore say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from countries where you have been scattered and I will give you back the land of Israel again they will return to it and remove all of its vile images and detestable idols friends in order for God to bring a restoration we got to get rid of some stuff get rid of all the detestable idols all of you know if we do our part then God's going to do his cuz this is what he says it says then I will look at your neighbor say I will when we take steps forward God takes steps forward that's what he says. He says, "If you what, if you if you come to me, or if you draw near to me, I will what, draw near to you, Amen. right?" So he's saying restoring uh, restoring that, or going back to their country, getting rid of the idols, getting rid of the, the 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 vile images, and he says, "And I will give them an undivided heart and put in them a new spirit. I will remove them, I remove from their hearts." the heart of stone, and give them a heart of flesh, then they will follow My de- decrees and be careful to keep all My laws. They will be My people and I will be their God. We do our part. He does, the, he does the transformation. Like I said, He's the renovator. Let Him renovate our hearts today. I love what David said in Psalm 51. He says, Create in Me a pure spirit, O God, and renew. Look at your neighbor and say, Renew. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from Your presence or take Your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of Your salvation and grant me with a willing spirit to sustain me. What does that word steadfast mean? He says renew a steadfast spirit. The word steadfast means unwavering. David, the man of God, said, God, give me a spirit that's unwavering. When I'm hit from each side that I don't, that I don't waver... That I don't fall to the wayside. That I don't second guess myself. That I don't tumble. Give me a steadfast spirit. Lay hands on yourself and say, Lord, give me a steadfast spirit. Yes. That means when the going gets tough, come on, you press on. You keep going. You don't waver. Give me an unwavering spirit, God. I love it. He's, this is prayer for us to pray over ourselves. Do not cast me from your presence. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 says this it says don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature stripped off I love that Stri- like it just reminds me of clothing stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him why is god a renovator because guess what in order for us to be with him we got to be like him i'm going to heaven well, in order for you to be there with him for eternity, you got to have the likeness of him. You've got to be like him. He's creating us to become like him. That's the process. You know this process. This process of Christianity is not going to heaven. That's that. That is a, that's a good destination. The process of Christianity is becoming like him. That's what it is. It's you. Looking less like you and, and in this development to where you're looking more like him. And in order for that to happen, there's a lot of stuff that's gotta go inside of this right here. Pull out that good old sledgehammer, start busting out those walls of your heart. Come on. Busting out. I, anybody here ever been in a part of a, of a, of a, of a renovation? They're kind of fun. The, 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 the busting down walls, the smashing, kind of fun. The cleanup isn't all that fun. But, but the, the initial start when you're slamming and busting and breaking, come on, that's fun. That's kind of how it is when people, when they commit their life to Christ, God starts smashing things and they're like, Woohoo, yes, Lord, this is great, man, because the Spirit's on you, I mean, He's empowering you, infusing you with, with, with power and strength, and then He starts doing the cleanup and then you're like, oh, the Lord, oh, it's getting tough now. I had more fun with the sledgehammer, God, I don't want to be scooping up all this stuff and sticking it in the trash. See, but it's like that end part, because the, because the, the, the initial demo starts off and it's fun. Then it's the, then it's the boring cleanup, but then what happens right after the cleanup? Then the excitement of the new, come on. Woo! That's good. Yeah. Come on, it's, come on, we, too many people quit when they make it, when they make it to the blessing. Come on, the blessing is the new, is the new stuff. Too many people give up, they, they, they quit. Man, I've seen, I've seen it time and time again where man, people were right there at the, at the cusp of their breakthrough, at the cusp of of having a new job or whatever it is. And that moment was their moment they faltered and went back. Like, are you, like you were just one day away. One day. I'm serious. This is a true story. One day away from breakthrough. Man. Renovate means to restore something old, especially a building. To a state of repair. It also means to refresh and reinvigorate. I love that. To restore. To repair. To refresh and to reinvigorate. That's what the Lord wants to do in our lives, friends. He wants to refresh. Times of refreshing. He wants to reinvigorate. Man, it's just like the infusion of strength and power to move forward. He wants to repair restore you know when 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 a lot of times when, when I, I do things I have a, a a pretty prophetic ear I try to listen to the Lord I try to sense what God's doing and a lot of times a lot of times there are things that are in the natural there are things that are you know I mean you can get way off and every time you drive by a red car, you could be like, you know, the blood of Jesus. You know, I mean, you can really get kind of wacky on it. Okay, but, but there, are, there are times when, when, when there are things that happen in the natural which are meant for supernatural meanings. They have supernatural, uh, you, know, uh, you know, spiritual significance. That's the word. I, I was tongue-tied. Thanks, babe. Significance to them. I mean, we see this. We see this in the in the Old Testament all the time. When when God would tell prophets, He would say, "Go do this." It means this. Go do that. It means that. I'm going to do this because it means this, and I'm going to do that because it means that. And so when we when we were when we were repainting this this sanctuary, I, I just felt like like our church. I mean, we had the same color for ten years. I felt like as a body of believers, it was time for for a renewal. Does that make sense? And so I mean, I mean, we we're you know we're painting, and I'm praying, and spending time with God. And, 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 and as we, and it was cool because, I mean, there was, I mean, I mean, me and two other guys, I mean, we probably put 50 hours into this piece in, in, in four days. And I mean, I mean, and they were exhausted. I mean, we just like busted our butt and, 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 and afterwards, you know, when you're in the middle of doing it, you kind of like, is this going to look good? Am I, you know, so, so anytime you, anytime you're moving into, into something that's new or you're moving into something that, that you're unsure of, I mean, there's always going to be those thoughts, you know, what I mean, we're in the middle of it, like, I don't know if this is going to look, you know what I mean? And then and then at the end of it, you step back and you're like, wow, this thing's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, friends, let me just tell you this. There's 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 I believe that the Lord as as a, as as a body of believers is taking us to a new place where he's going to give us like a spiritual fresh set of of paint, a, a spiritual fresh look, a spiritual uh, fresh perspective. And guess what? In the middle of of it, it. It might be kind of scary. You're like, I picked the right colors. I poured all this money into it and this doesn't, I don't know if this is going to look right. You know, I put all my time and investment into this, this new direction that I'm going to, but I don't know if the end result is going to happen the way I think it's supposed to. Okay, but friends, understand this. Friends, if the Lord is leading you, man, if you are a follower, if you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of God and you're, and you, and you love Him and you have right motives and you're moving in in the direction forward, God, He's going to bless it. I'm telling you, friends. And not only that, when you're, when you start seeing the end result of it, 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 that's gonna excite you, cause you're like, wow, look at what happened. But every step along the way, it was like, oh Lord, are you sure? <laughs> I'm moving this way, but God, I don't know if you picked the right guy over here. Okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm still going forward just to let you know, cause I'm following your will, but I just gotta check back with you from time again, but I'm still going the direction you want me to. Sorry, I'm just, that's me. That's me. Can I be honest? That, I'm like, I'm like, Lord, have you picked the right person here? I mean, when we planted vision, I'm like, do you got the right guy, Lord? Were you, were, were you just short of men? I mean, when you scan, uh, the earth to and fro and you're like, well, I ain't got nobody. Let me just pick this schmuck. You know, just try, bam, have fun, you know? But I, I can guarantee you that most of us can, 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 uh, attest to that same thing. Especially, I mean, if you have, if you've, if you were raised in small beginnings and you're like, God, have you, have you got the right guy here? Are you sure you want to do this? And he gives you this huge vision. Are you like, are you serious, God? There's this huge vision that you've given me? And man, it looks so big that I don't know if I can do that. Well, that's good. Because that's exactly, because if, it's, if, it's, if the vision isn't big enough, if you can do it on yourself, then it's not a vision at all. That's why God gives us these ideas that are like way beyond our own thoughts and capacities. Because if you could do it in your own strength, it wouldn't be a vision. It wouldn't be something you can go to. You just do it. If I had a vision to 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 eat food, I just go do it, you know. But if something crazy like plant churches, you're like, how do you do this? You know. I guess maybe I'm just preaching to myself today. That's all right, though. <laughs> so on this on this journey, I just want to give us a few tips on renovation. I've only, you know, I haven't done any major renovations. I'm not a construction guy. I'm not I'm not like like my brother uh, uh, Albert over here, who's like on the on the uh, scene every day. But I have a few tips that might help us out along this journey in order for us to kind of get this concept of, of renovating. So number one, I just want to let you all know, first and foremost, just so that you know, it's going to take work. Wow. It's going to take some work. You can't, in a, in a renovation, you can't coast a neutral and just expect other people to do the work. No, man, you got to put your hand to it. You got to do it. If you don't do it, nothing gets done. So I'll tell you what, this is the problem, and this is, you know, a lot of times many people are looking for someone else to do something, and they realize, well, I see this, and I see that, but nobody's doing it. Perhaps maybe you're the one who see it because you're the one who's supposed to do it. <laughs> it's awful quiet up in here, isn't it? You know why? Because perhaps your giftings empower you to see things and see that. Where maybe the leader that you're under doesn't have the giftings in that capacity and doesn't see that. See, that's why the body is, is, is a full member of parts. Because the heart can't do what the lungs do. The lungs can't do what the kidney does. The kidney can't do what, what the ear does. Why? Because all of the members have their own specific function and work together to make your beautiful masterpiece, which is you. And that's what the body of Christ is. It's each and every one of us functioning in our giftings and our abilities and being that beautiful masterpiece that God created, which is called the body of Christ. Preaching to myself today, this is good. Sorry, this, I'm getting stuff assigned in my notes. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Yes, that's good. I'm going to have to re-listen to that and repent. <laughs> that's right, that's right. It's going to take work. When I was uh, a, a handful of uh, weeks ago, I was in prayer time, and the Lord just, man, He gave me this super strong word. And this is what He told me. He said, no discipline. No fruit. I was like, "Eh, "Okay." (laughs) That's what he said. Four words. It's in prayer. I'm like, "Yes, Lord, speak to me." No, it is what he said. No discipline, no fruit. If you live as a disciple undisciplined, then friends, you'll have an unfruitful life. We have to live a disciplined life. You know what? You know what? You know what? The majority part of our discipline is saying no to ourselves, telling yourself no. Look at your neighbor say no. no. Now look at yourself and say no. That's the... <laughs> Come on, many of us we're good at telling our kids no. No, 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 no. <laughs> many of us are good at telling our spouse no, some of us. But many of us can't tell ourselves no. That's discipline. Discipline is telling yourself no. But I like yes. The Lord promises it. Yes, true and amen. Yeah, they are. Come on. The Lord's promises, I want the Lord's promises for my life. Lord, yes, true, amen. (laughs) Quoting my wife. I wasn't telling anybody who I was quoting, you you said it. (laughs) Friends, for our lives to go from what they are right now to a place that is something different. I'm going to go ahead and say this. In order for our lives to go from a place of unfruitfulness to a place that bears fruit, it's work to get from here to there. It's not a supernatural, Lord lay hands on me, you get the Holy Spirit and then you automatically supernaturally transport from here to there. No. Friends, God does a work in your life. He begins to cut away some stuff. It's painful. It hurts. You have to say no to yourself. You have to say yes to stuff that you don't want to do. And you become fruitful. Why? No discipline, no fruit. Luke chapter 14 verse 28 says this. He says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? He goes on to say that if somebody starts a project and they don't complete it, that their neighbor's gonna make fun of them. It's like the person that says, oh, I, you know, I'm going to church, I'm doing this, this Christ thing, and they don't pay the, they don't pay the price, they don't count the cost, and then they go back to doing it, and what happens? All their friends are like, oh, I thought you was going to church now. I thought you was doing that Christian thing. Well, they do, they just made fun of you because you didn't count the cost. <laughs> so true. It's happened. I've heard it. How many people know that God wants to empower us with His strength to get from here to there? You can't do it on your own, and if you're doing it in your own strength, then it's your own works, and it's, it's not going to bear much fruit, because He says, "Apart from Me, you can do nothing." So He wants to infuse in you the power. How can how can a person that 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 that's filled with with violence and that loves that loves to fight and that and that Gets out on, you know, and and they use them as as the as the person to 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 fight their battles for them. Become a lover and not a fighter. How do you get from here to there? Come on, that was a hard. That was a that's been a it's been a it's been a twenty five year journey, right? Come on, God working in your life. What God teaching you how to shut your mouth? God teaching you how to swallow your pride. Come on, Pastor Earl, right? Teaching you how to turn around and turn right. How to listen to your wife when she's telling you to shut up? Come on. It's yes, the truth. <laughs> but it's what? It's <laughs> But see, that's who he was. People would meet Pastor Earl, they would never even know some of the stuff that he's done. Because they see what where he's at now. They see the fruitfulness. They don't see they don't see where he was. But see, but it's it we're getting there. It wasn't easy. He had to deal with people and crap and deal with his own crap and fight. And let him tell you his story. He'll tell it better night I will. Number two. Let me just tell you this, friends. If you fail, keep moving forward. I love that song. You make all things new. God makes all things new. To, not going back. Looking ahead. I'm going to move. Keep moving forward. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16. This is what's so funny. I didn't even tell my wife my message. She's preaching my message. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 16 says, The godly man trips seven times. He didn't say how he tripped. He just tripped. Either he tripped because of his own stupidity or he tripped because the devil tripped him. Whatever you want to say. This dude trips seven times. It says, But what? They stay on the floor and they, and they pout in their misery. No. It says they trip up seven times, but they get back up again. Okay, maybe it was their own stupidity that tripped them up the first three times. Then they were doing good, and so, so what did uh, what did what did God say? Have you considered my servant Job? Job went through a testing where God allowed him to go through. Maybe it's that time, and so now the the Lord has kind of uh, pulled back his hedge a little bit and just allowed the devil just to slap you around a little bit, just to see. Uh, just to see how you're gonna handle that now, because it was your own stupidity, and now, now he's tripping you up and you fall a few times, but what happens? It says the righteous, the godly, get back up. It says, but one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Come on, are you righteous? You're godly? You get back up. Yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah, it blew you back. Yeah, it messed you up. Yeah, it, it screwed up your finances. Yes, it, 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 it separated your, your family. Yeah, you blew it up. You Yeah, you're, you're sleeping on the couch. You're sleeping somewhere else. <laughs> but they get back up. Getting back up is not easy. Getting back up takes grace. It takes strength, and it takes humility. It takes grace. You've got to have grace to get back up. Easy as laying on the ground, staying and counting it out. I'm done. But there's got to be something inside of you that say, I can't quit now. I was watching this movie. It was based on a true story about uh, they're training these Navy SEALs. And these Navy SEALs, uh, this, this movie is, uh, came out a while ago. And these Navy SEALs go into this. They're doing this this um, secret mission, and 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 it, it turns out the way that it, that it that it, it shouldn't have turned out. And so their communications are broken. They can't communicate with their people. I mean, so these guys are are they're they're fleeing from the enemy. Long story short, they're fleeing from the enemy. They're getting shot. I mean, they're getting shot at, and they're still running they're fleeing they're still shooting at the enemy they're getting shot at they're getting shot i mean i mean they're 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 grabbing each other while they're shot and you and so if you've ever seen i've i've never experienced navy seal training but i've seen it on tv and and and, and you wonder why why would they stick them in freezing below zero water for hours on end because they're training them for that moment when they are shot and they're pulling their brother out of the enemy's camp. Come on. There's a fight inside of them that says we're going to survive. We're going to get up. We're not going to quit. Friends, many people, they don't take failure very well. I know I don't. Anybody here, they just don't, they're, you know, they're, be honest. How many people have high expectations of themselves? Go ahead. You can raise your hands up. When you mess up, I mean, I mean, you beat your, I mean, you don't need the devil. I mean, you beat your, you beat yourself up so bad. You don't need the devil to smack you around, cause you're your worst to you. me. <laughs> Why? Because many of us, I'm, I'm included myself, many of us, we don't take failure well. We take, we take failure, we take that as, as, uh, or our mistake, or our failure, or our mess up. We, we take that as, as, uh, rejection, or we take it as as we, we've completely lost. There's no, you know, what I mean, the enemy, would just, phew, no hope. We have these high expectations, and so so some people, because they they don't want to fail, because they're afraid of failure, they don't even aim high. They just aim low. I'll just I'm gonna work at I'm gonna work at I'm gonna work at this level. I'm gonna only give this much. Why? Because if I aim if I aim small, I, I'm not gonna miss. And they're too afraid to aim high because they're afraid of failing. I just want to say this. How how in the Scripture, how can you walk in faith if you're aiming low? Walking in faith is aiming high. Many of us, when God's called us to walk in faith, we want to see the whole path. And I'm telling you, when 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 He has us walk in faith, a lot of times he, don't, he doesn't even allow us to see the first step forward. So we're like this. We're like, I don't sense there's a step there. And so some some like, I I'm not going there. Some people, when they take that step, they don't realize that when they do this and they take the step forward, God provides your step. That's why it says that He what? He leads my steps. Right? Come on. It's good. Friends, if you want to see a difference in your lives, then we need to push the limit. We need to walk by faith. It's time to step out of the box. It's okay if we fall short. It's okay to fail. Shake the dust off. Get back up. Keep moving forward. Number three. We need to celebrate small milestones. Friends, when we were in the process of painting this church... You know, we painted for a day or two and then I, I step back, I step back for about 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, man, this looks good. Man, that looks, I was like, man, that ceiling just looks amazing. Wow. I mean, you can't see all the stupid things that are like all up in there now. I mean, it's great. I was like, yeah. I said, I sit back and he's like, man, that's great. What was I doing? Celebrating a small victory. Friends, like, let's just, uh, let's just give a few examples. Like, let's just say, let's say you're on, on the, the fitness thing. You're trying to lose weight. So let's just say you, you lose 10 pounds. Man, that's a milestone. That's great. Lose 10 pounds. You know what you need to do? You need to celebrate. Now, celebrating losing 10 pounds does not mean eating a whole row of, of Oreos. I'm going to celebrate my 10 pounds I've lost, so I'm eating a whole row of Oreos. I'm not talking about one Oreo. I'm talking about they clear the whole row. Come on, I'm talking by experience. I can, I can preach to somebody here. Come on, I'm preaching experience. That's not the way to celebrate that victory, man. Take your picture, put it on Facebook, tell people. Here you go. You want to you want to celebrate that victory? Pull out the pants that you hid back in the back of the closet and put those bad boys on. Come on, what? Come on, that's celebrating that that small victory. I can squeeze back into these pants. Glory to God. I don't have to suck in my gut as much. Yes. Celebrate small victories, friends. If you, you know, perhaps you're like, man, I want to stop smoking. You haven't you haven't smoked in a cigarette in five days. Awesome, woohoo! Come on, testify, tell somebody. Yeah. Keep moving forward. Maybe you went back to school, and you're like, you know, I needed, I need to, uh, man, celebrate that. Man, take a picture of you with your school, with your your books. Tell people, celebrate that first day. I'm back in school again. Come on. You, maybe you're in a, in a new place. You've got some new employment. No man, celebrate that first day of work. Celebrate small victories. Man, celebrate small milestones. How many of us know that even the angels in heaven, uh even the angels in heaven, celebrate milestones? It says in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. It says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. What's that? This is celebrating a milestone, friends. Come on, somebody get it. Is the sinner repenting? Is that the end goal? No, that's not the end goal, friends. The end goal is for us to be with him forever. That's the end goal. Come on, but 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 the but the first milestone was that repentance, and the angels are rejoicing, saying, "Come on, woo, let's go, celebrate small victories, friends." And then number four, and this is the one, this is the thing that probably screws people up the most. We gotta keep the main thing the main thing. It's easy to veer off into another direction and find ourselves going in a way that we didn't see ourselves going. Just gonna give some examples. Perhaps your, perhaps your, your fitness goal. You lost weight. You feel great. You look good. And so now, so, so now you start, you know, you're looking at yourself. You're feeling good. And so then you decide you're gonna go back to the club. Well, see, but when you first started this, you're like, I want to honor God with my body. You know, I, I, you know, I'm doing this for, you know, because I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, it says, therefore honor God with your body since he bought you the price. And so, so I know I, I need to be in better shape. And so when you started, it was for the glory of God. And then after you get some, you get some victory and then well, I look good. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to start dating again, go to the club. Wait, what? Hold up. You didn't keep the main thing the main thing. You didn't lose weight for you to go back clubbing and thinking you were young again. You lost weight because in your heart and mind you wanted to honor God with that. <laughs> I get it. First Corinthians chapter six verse twenty it says it. It says you were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. But friends, but we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Another example. I'm just I'm just throwing some examples out there. Let's say let's say you know you have sobriety, and you know you've been clean from drugs and alcohol for three to six months. Your target is, man. I want to serve God. I want to please Him. I want to honor God. I want to walk in freedom. So you lay it down. You lay down the drugs. You lay down the alcohol, whatever it is. And let's say you got three to six months under your belt, man. You're like, woo! Yes, come on! I've never had this type of 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 victory in my whole life. This 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 much freedom, where man, I I'm, I'm able to love life and enjoy it, and 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 not deal with all the the stupidness of that lifestyle. And so so you're so you're excited. You're celebrating it. Your target is to honor and please God. But then all of a sudden you find yourself bedding down every woman you meet at the AA meeting. Wait, what? I had an ex-addict tell me sometimes what addicts do is when they get free from one thing, they take and they get addicted to another. That's from that's from the mouth of an addict. So the target was I want to please God and so you're living in sobriety, but then now you're bedding down every woman you meet? Hold on. You didn't keep the main thing, the main thing. You actually what you did was you went from one addiction to another. You got to keep the main thing the main thing because if you want to honor God, if you want to serve Him, if you want to please Him, then it's, that's with every area. I'm not saying it's easy. Come on, what I was the number one? It's going to be work. work. Got to say no to yourself. Them, them, them women chasing after you, trying to give, trying to give you their numbers. Them dudes coming after you, trying to, get, trying to holler, give them their number. Man, there's a number line. I need to find it. Where I guess if you call the number, like they say, you know, what does it say like? Like you just got played, and this, this, that, and the other. Some of y'all need to make up little cards. You, you're, you're single. You need to make up little cards and have that number under. Oh, you want to call me here? Call out this number. <laughs> I just think Yeah, that's what it says. Like you just got played. Yeah. You know, so. Just to let you know, you got played. Or let's say, for example, say there's a person that's called into the ministry, and let's say, man, they start off with pure heart, pure motives. Man, they want to honor God and love people. Come on, that's, you're like, man, I, man, I've, I've committed my life to the Lord. I want to honor Him. I want to serve Him. And I want to love people, and that's my commitment, and that's how they start. So, so they, so they build this ministry, and and they're and they're doing all these awesome, amazing things. But then, while they're in the middle of doing this, they start getting all this pats in the back, and the recognition, and people saying, "Man, that was such a good word, pastor. Man, you are anointed. You're a woman of God. You're the best thing that happened uh, to South Toledo since sliced bread." I mean, they just give you all this, and then all of that starts building inside of you, and then and then all of a sudden, you start looking for compliments. And you, and, and then the person starts building their ministry based on their own personal desires and what they want instead of what the Lord wants. They didn't keep the main thing the main thing. It was started out of honoring God and loving people. And then all of a sudden they've, they've, they've went off and now it's become about them. And I've seen it happen. Not keeping the main thing the main thing. So how do we do this? How do we keep the main thing the main thing? Hebrews chapter 12. How many of us know that sometimes, while we're driving, we get distracted? Especially if you have a, a wife that's as fine as mine, it's very easy for me while I'm driving to get distracted. That's why sometimes when I'm preaching, I just don't even look at her. Get up. Sometimes we have to get our eyes back on the road ahead of us. That's why it says in Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 1 and 2 here, and we're going to end on this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what's that? What's a cloud of witnesses? Come on, they're the ones that have already, they've made this journey, they, they, it's come to an end, they're already there, they're at the finish line, waiting for us, cheering us on. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, say everything, Amen. that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Remember what I was just talking about, like that set, that man who trips, he gets tripped up? Easily entangles. Why? To trip us up. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. How do we do this? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, in order for us to keep moving forward, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Keep him fixed on Him. We get distracted from time to time. I get it. Like I said, it's like the driver... Your main goal, as a, as a, as when you are in a, a, a vehicle, your main goal is to look ahead of you. You've got mirrors to view in the back and view around the side of you, and it's so easy to check your. I'm guilty. Check your phone messages, looking on the next side of you. But we have to. But you got to do what? Get right back where the focus is. Why? What happens if you don't? You can get into a major accident. You can kill yourself. Friends, how many people? they started this this journey of faith and they were doing good and they kept the main thing the main thing they were looking forward and they got distracted and they fight, and they and they rear and they rear-ended and crashed and ended their faith because they got their eyes fixed off of Jesus and whatever else was around them would you stand your feet with me today God wants to do a renovation in our heart and our lives, friends. He wants us to go from the place that we're at to a place that he wants to take us. If you're in here today and you know you need a renovation in your heart and your life, would you slip out of your seat? Would you come up to the front? And would you say, God, I need you to renovate. I need the renovator to have his way in my heart and my life as we have people come forward can we have some of our prayer team come forward we're just going to give a moment we're going to give time my wife says I don't do altar calls as, as, as much as I used to So I just want to give people an invitation to say yes to God if you're in this place and you need strength for him You need, you need God to heal an area of your heart, your life. If you come up, man, we'd love to pray for you. Our team has been prayed up, ready to believe God with you. Let's pray together. Lord, we just say thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in and through our hearts and our lives, God. Thank you for giving us the, the courage to come here today to say yes to you. God, thank you for giving us, God, a hunger Your word says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will have their fill. Thank you. Thank you for your sons and your daughters coming into your house. And God, I'm here because of you, Lord. And I want more of you. So, Father, we just speak blessing over every person that's coming to this place. Lord, And we thank you that God, let every person, God, that's taken that step of faith to come up to meet with you. God, we just thank you that you would empower each and every person with strength. In the name of Jesus.